All right. Here we go. So uh, what I was going to tell you before, when we walked in here today. Yeah. Dude, that fucking bird was looking at you like this. I know. And she was gnawing on the fucking cage. Yeah, it was biting already. Uh, Why did it hate you so much? You know, I don't know. You know, she, she bit me. Well, she bit me on my big toe once already. Um, then she bit me on my hand. I mean, we talked about this in another podcast, but, um, recently I was in the bathroom, you know, doing, doing my thing. And, uh, unbeknownst to me, this fucking piece of shit bird was waiting for me outside. <laughs> and I didn't know. Cause again, they let this thing waddle around the house and I open up the door and it's waiting for me. It fucking... I had my shoes on, thank God. It bit my fucking shoe, and it was gnawing on it. And now I have a hole in my fucking shoe. Wow. What if that was your skin? I know. It, I literally opened up the door, and she fucking just oh, came at me. She was waiting she, for She me. just knew. Vindictive piece of shit bird. I swear uh, meanwhile, the door's closed, and Amanda's showing the bird a picture of you and pointing at the door. Like, yeah. There he is. Exactly. <laughs> Go yeah. get him, piece I know. of shit. Exactly. So... <sighs> I mean, eventually, well, well, she she will chime in eventually, yeah. I'm sure. I hope she doesn't do – because now she does a new thing where it sounds like a – because she mimics the phone ringing, but now she started mimicking the sirens on the ambulance or the like a, like a police car that has. Okay. Like she's starting to mimic that now. How Which, often does she do so, that? Uh, she's doing that pretty regularly now. That's like her new thing. Oh, great. Because I think she realized that I built up a tolerance to the phone ringing sound so now she wanted to, you know, figure out how to aggravate me even more by mimicking a siren. So that's that's where Man, she uh, hates you. Yeah, she does. She does why. hate me. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. How was your week at the studio? How was like my week? I don't know. You tell me. You were there with me. Sure. <laughs> it was good. Long, it was good. No. long hours, but uh, you know, whatever. I like it there. So okay. all, all kidding aside, it was actually this week was. Uh, it was really the last push for. Um, you know, we're doing our, uh, our our event that we're holding February sixteenth, the uh, the Praxis, which is our newly formatted. I don't want to call it a seminar, but our we'll call it an event. Yeah, seminar sounds boring. It it is. Yeah, it I know it, it does, and um, it was really the last push. Uh, all the proofs on the manual that I made uh, for it are done. Oh, that manual is nice. Oh yes, it is, and. We will have another podcast talking about uh, how that came to be and, and all that other stuff. But um, it was really the last push. Like, and it almost fucking killed me. It really, it really did. It was really um, difficult. But did you decide what cover you were going to go with? Yeah, yeah, we're going to go with the um, the the thinner. It's yeah, the thinner stock, but it's not thin thin by much because um, of the way the cover is, like the color of it. Um, it'll look a lot smoother, a lot sleeker. So I'm really excited about it. But um, now yeah. the people coming, how many spots are left? Any? Uh, there, oh, she, there is, she is. Bitch. There she is. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think there's only at this point. I think we're sold out. Or me? No, no. There's there's two left. There's two spots left. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were sold out, but then uh, two of the people who were going to come. Um, realized that they had, you know, other, you know, they're, they're going on vacation that week. Okay. Um, so uh, this, I believe this, we were sold out, but then two more spots opened up from those people who couldn't attend uh, because of vacation. Okay. Yeah. So um, 
yeah, I'm really excited about it. We're going to see how it goes and hopefully, uh, hopefully I don't fuck it up too bad <laughs> the, yeah, well, the, the, the day of. So the only, the only way people will know you fucked it up is if you say you fucked it up. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that is true. That is true. Uh, but I mean, I mean the rest of the week though is, was pretty good. Um, good. this, um, I mean, and this is kind of what I wanted to talk about the, uh, the, the athletes class that we started with the, uh, with the eight to 12 year olds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, has, just took another one, right? yeah. We just added a, th- we added a third. Yes. We added a third day. Um, really, really excited about it. Um, now initially I was not, I was very apprehensive to, uh, to do this, but um, why was that? <laughs> well, I mean, there's a multitude of reasons. Uh, and you know, I think, I think we'll get into that later, but I, I think the, the best part of this whole thing was, um, we're talking almost, let's see here, almost six years of saying no to training children. And I think we even said in a previous podcast, absolutely fucking not. It will never, ever happen. Meanwhile. Meanwhile. And, and here we are. Um, so six years of almost six years of saying no over and over and over again, um, and the surrounding, uh, the surrounding gyms um, in the area have been hell bent because I, you know, it comes up on my feed. I get the ads. I hear about it from um, other clientele. Um, you know, they've been hell bent on trying to tap into this. They're spending a ton of money on advertisement, a lot of time and energy on it, and. Here I go. All I do is I have a very brief conversation. I I cave in finally. And um, all I say is, oh, yeah, let's 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 just try it out. And here we are with three classes. Uh, Each class has about 15 in each one. So we're talking about anywhere between 45 and 50 kids almost. Now, are they different Uh, kids? Yes. Because that's usually it's at four. Right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's three days a week. Uh, two of the days are at four, and then one of the days is at uh, ten a.m. in the morning. But um, it's really funny how all I really did was say, "Yeah, let's yeah, let's let's try it out," and then it just exploded. The, yeah. the, they really responded well to it. Um, are they different kids in each? Yeah. Um, well, it, there's a lot of overlapping. Okay. Um, there's a lot of overlapping um, for sure, um, but. In terms of how many have shown up so far, yeah, I mean it's a it's a pretty it's a decent amount of kids, right. um, and it's uh, I, and I'm gonna be honest with you, I was <clears throat> I was um, really pleasantly surprised, not just um, at the response that I got from the, the kids, but also the parents. They're so on board with everything. Um, which I'm, I'm not, I'm not used to, um, because of the, the previous organization I was with when I was training kids. Cause I don't know if people know, know this, but I have a very long career in training, um, children, um, all the way from age four to right before adulthood. Um, and I did that for over 10 years. Um, and it sucked the life out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I'm here till today. And you talk to anyone that worked with me, um, in that specific place. And I'll tell you the same thing. It was, uh, it was like mental abuse. It really was physically, mentally. Um, it really ruined, um, a good portion of my life. (laughs) Uh, I learned a lot. I mean, I'm not gonna say I didn't learn anything from it, but, um, 
it, it really it, it came out of price and you, like I, it took more than it gave it, oh yeah oh it went 100 percent. not even not even a question um you fat slobs yeah yeah <laughs> it, that drives by <laughs> i know i know we're waiting for yeah we're waiting for our food because we are fat slobs um and i have no idea what the car looks like so oh, we'll nope. see. but um yeah i mean but having said that i mean the topic of this podcast was really going to be this this conversation rather i mean i kind of really wanted to talk about what it's like training athletes um, especially, I mean, all different types of athletes, but in this context, really with kids, and I know mm. Dave, you had some experience with that. Yeah. I trained a few that. kids, not many, but and, I did have a few. Yeah. And what was your experience with that? I mean, how did you, I don't know, man, like, how do you feel about that? I mean, I don't know. Cause I, I know you had just, the, the, you had just started. Yes. I was very, very new. I think yeah. maybe I was maybe training a year. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Right. I didn't even know if it was that much. Yeah, and I mean, what was your what was your experience like? Because I mean, I had a very you know. Well, the first kids that I trained, I think I trained about, I think I've only trained maybe five kids. Okay. Um, one of which is in your your kids class now. She's okay. The daughter of one of my clients. Yes. Uh, but that again, that was more recently. When I first trained kids, you know, a couple of years ago, how long have I been working now? Four or five years. Yeah. I think about four, like yeah, like four. Um, I went in with an open mind, you know, I was ready to, you know, ready to, to get the experience of training kids and truth be told, it was kind of the worst. Yeah. Um, I, I guess it was just, maybe it was just those kids. They were very defiant. Um, and, now, and, and what, and not to cut you off, but what were they exactly defiant about? Was it, was it just the exercise or was it just like everything? It was everything. It was I think it was, right? it was That's, the yeah. exercise is what they weren't defiant with. Like yeah. They would kind of just do it. But like everything else, like they were just kind of the worst. And uh, it's okay if the screen times out, right? Yeah, that's okay. I okay. think, yeah. All right. I mean, it, it, the clock's still going. So I think we're okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're... You know, but it was also, it was a different, it was a different case because I, I think they were athletes. Yeah, they were. I remember, oh, Damn it. Oh, it's just a male lady. Uh, right, so, you know, until his food they were athletes, <laughs> but they didn't want to be there. You know, yeah. it wasn't like the kids that are coming to the classes now where, you know, they want to be there. I, I assume. Right. Um, those two were also morons. They were. So they were that. morons. I mean, yes. one of them was, and I think we talked about it before. One of them was the one that tripped on his own two feet and stumbled for a mile and a half and, and put, put his, his foot through the wall. Or yeah, his, his hand. Yeah. He put his hand through the wall. He literally was just, like, we didn't even start the session yet. And he literally like a jackass fucking not just tripped, but he couldn't, he tripped for like, it was like 12 seconds yeah. straight. <laughs> and it was like his first second in the gym. I was like, and he was going to the bathroom. He yeah. wasn't even getting stuff or like getting weights or anything. And he just stumbled and stumbled and put his hand through the wall. Yeah, idiot. didn't even uh, and didn't even like offer to like fix it or no. anything or like offer to like help or no. say sorry or nothing. Yeah, no, but yeah. So those two kids were the worst, and I, there haven't been. I don't have a lot of people blacklisted. My mm-hmm. list is very small. I'm sure yours is huge. Mine is really, really. Really big. Mine, I could probably fit on an index card. Oh no, no, I would need. I would need about. 10 pieces of paper front and back. Front and back, right? Yeah. Yes. With really small font. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't have a very long blacklist, but those two kids 
and one of their moms is on there because they are just the uh, the worst. Yeah, well, we talk, I think we talked about it before the the kid who shit their pants. Yeah, she was the one where her infant shit himself um, in the gym. Um, in the middle of August when we didn't have air conditioning and she wouldn't go and change the diaper, which was a problem because it was stinking up the entire gym. And she told me she didn't have to because, um, you know, she had her, her badge that she decided to wave in my face. Yeah. Oh, you know who would probably really like that story? Uh, what was that? That was the bird. That was the bird. I thought that was a human being. She said, she said, wow. Oh, all right. So yeah, she, yeah, she, yeah. She, yeah. So I actually, she's probably listening into the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> actually, yeah. you know who you got to tell that story to? That guy that was uh, that Harris was just training. Oh yeah, I should. Yeah, we can talk about that. Mm. Laugh at it. Interesting. Right, right, you idiot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so those kids were kind of the worst, and they made me really not want to show up to work every day. Um, but I trained kids after that, and they were okay. You know, I had I had uh, uh, athletes from high school, like later high school, like 17, 18. And they were great. You know, they were ready to work. They were there for like a reason. Mm -hmm. And um, they were good in general. Well, I I think this is an interesting thing to kind of point out because, you know, you really don't deal with this with adults, adult athletes. Um, You kind of, yeah, you really don't. The the issue that, and I don't think a lot of coaches, um, maybe they do, maybe they don't. But from what I've seen so far, I don't think a lot of them think about this. You know, I never look at a child when they're coming to train with me. Um, I'm talking about athletes specifically. I'm never looking at them as one client. I'm looking at them as like I'm dealing with one person. I'm looking at it as I'm dealing with three people because I'm going to be dealing with them. I'm going to be dealing with their parents. And then I'm going to be dealing with their act, their actual sports coach, the one that they're that they're on the team with. Mm-hmm. And all of those things are going to play an influence. Um, a huge, it's going to have a sorry, it's going to have a huge amount of influence on their behavior um, uh, within the gym, uh, outside of the gym, and also how they perceive you as a authoritative type of figure. Yeah. Because if this little, because if this little shitbag is at home and he's not listening to his parents and he's not listening to his coach, and that's the norm. And they think that's okay. And it's not the kid's fault because he's a kid, right? When he comes to you, he thinks that's the norm. So now, not only do I have to um, kind of show him how the exercises works, but before we even do that, I have to help him understand how the coach and athlete relationship works. Because if that line of communication is not there, then... He's, he or she is never going to understand how the actual exercises work. Yeah. And you got to not necessarily undo stuff, but, you know, I feel like for you sometimes with kids, it, I don't want to say an uphill, an uphill. <laughs> what? <laughs> Bird. I know. I don't want to say it's an uphill thing, but again, it's like you only get to influence for an hour, maybe yeah, two times a week. Exactly. Where they're with their coaches and they're with their parents or older siblings, the caretakers, whoever. For the other, you know, 23 hours a day, 24 hours a day. And, and, and their teammates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that too. Because now it's like, all right, now you have the reinforcement of like-minded, maybe of like, because I'll tell you right now with sports teams, you typically have parents that go to a certain team because they have a certain expectation of how the sport should be played. I don't want a rough coach. I don't want a coach that's going to give me mean feedback like like terrible feedback or just feedback in general. I don't want the competitive 
aspect. I don't, you know, so then you got to deal with that, that nonsense. So all of these things are going to kind of go into the filter, right? And um, the big problem with the old organization I was with, I really had my hands tied with this, with this stuff that we're kind of talking about, that the kids didn't want to be there. The parents were just putting their kids there because they thought it was a babysitting service. Uh, because, you know, most of the time they actually hated their kids, <laughs> to be honest, mm-hmm. um, because they would say that to me, um, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. And, um, now, how did you have your hands tied? So the way, yeah. So, so here, here's the issue, right? So, you know, listen, I, I understood that this, this place that I was at working prior, you know, prior, I understand it's a business and you do have to make money and you do have to bend a little bit. For people, but bending is different than breaking. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that the the owner of that place understood the distinction between the two. It was like I'm just gonna not am I gonna bend? I'm gonna I'm gonna break I'm gonna break for people and just let the kids and the parents run the place. And just to give an example, it was like, hey, it was like you know I'm teaching martial arts, right? So. I mean, you got you to gotta think about this. I have to teach these kids how to punch and kick each other with control. Mm-hmm. That requires a certain level, certain level of, oh my God, that bird. Certain level of discipline. Not just a certain level of discipline, a certain way you deliver the message and an environment that supports both of those things. Um, and... Because the parents themselves who were bringing these kids to the, to this, to the, to the dojo, the karate, this, this karate place, um, did not have an athletic background most of the time, had never been on a team, had never exercised, they had never had a coach themselves, did not understand the process um, that went with bringing your your, your child to this place. Okay. So. So you feel like it was kind of like they would be with you. I mean, well, how long were like, how long did the kids come in for? An hour. So you feel like it was like the kids were coming in for an hour and you were teaching them, you know, principles and stuff. And then they would leave yeah, and they were exactly. So, yeah. So the parents, I can tell you right now, we're not interested in teaching the kids. Hey, look, um, this is not just punching and kicking. Um, this is not just an exercise thing. This is not just a punching and kicking thing. There's a there's a culture there's a culture behind this this thing. There's a there's a um, there's a mindset rather that needs to be embraced in order to understand what this is. For ex- you know, so for for example, um, the bowing when you bow into a dojo as a sign of respect. So now you're teaching these kids respect. Um, teaching them that practicing your techniques that you learned within the class at home is extremely important. So now you're teaching them this commitment thing. Okay, I want to get better at this thing. I have to commit myself. I have to dedicate a certain amount of time in order to get better at it. Then there's a, a, um, an, apprentice, an apprenticeship journeyman type of mentality. It's like, wow, like, I went to this place. I'm going to learn. I'm going to see it through until the end. I'm going to see this process, this journey through until the end, because this is a skill. This is a craft. 
And I understand that this is going to take time and there is a certain amount of patience that needs to go with that, that needs to be developed. And they weren't interested in that. What they were interested in is, oh, when is my kid getting the next belt? When is my kid learning a new move? When is my kid getting another patch on his karate uniform? What year was this? Um, that I was, oh, I mean, you're talking 10 years ago. Okay. Over 10 years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Over 10 years. Yeah, way over 10 years ago. Yeah. And um, so this is what would happen. As an example, to go back, like, how did I have my hands tied? It'd be like, all right, you, the, the child would come in. Um, and we would teach him how to punch and kick. And it was sloppy and it wasn't being done correctly. Now, if you don't punch and kick the right way, you can hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. And not only are you going to hurt yourself, you're going to try to defend yourself and you're going to get pummeled and destroyed. Mm-hmm. So we would work on that over and over and over again until the child got it right. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, um, it wasn't uh, like, oh, like, like shitting on the kid, like you're doing it. it you, you had to reinforce it, do it all. You know, this is something new. It takes time. No, my, no, the parent come in on, in, on into the actual dojo and be like, you know, why is my kid learning a new thing? Poor, me, keep in mind, this person has no martial arts experience. Anything. They don't know anything. Okay. Why am I, why is he not getting a new belt? Well, your kid didn't get the thing because he doesn't know the thing prior. I can't, Get, I can't promote you to the second grade if you can't do the first grade work. You can't start writing words until you know the alphabet mm-hmm. first. Okay. So that so what would happen? These kids would go up for their test because the owner didn't give a shit about the integrity of the of the of the place. And the I don't want to call it a product, but we'll just for lack of a better term. Yes, it is. Yeah, he 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 didn't care about the product that we were um, that we were offering to people. This opportunity. Mm-hmm. So what would happen? They go on the test. They would do shitty for the for their next belt, and I would get screamed at. But I'm like, hey man, look. by who? By by, by the owner okay. and the parents. Okay. And I'm like, hey, you asked for this. You made the bed. Now you fucking sleep in it. So now I'm fighting two. So I'm fighting against the owner. I'm fighting against the parents, and I'm fighting against the kids. So it's like three front war. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that happened again because the parents had never been in this place that their kids were, so they didn't have the background. Um, the owner didn't give a shit, and then along with that, the kid was kind of the support. The kid was kind of stuck in the middle. And I think another thing, and I don't know if maybe other other dojos feel this way but i felt this way i don't know if this was a new trend the dojo at least the one i was at and the one i was involved with became the last stop for kids that couldn't make make it into the sports which is fine that's not a problem because hey that's kind of why i won because i couldn't make any of the teams because i was so fucking tiny and weak and frail and and uncoordinated um, it was. And, but, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So now I got to think, all right, now I'm not getting, now I'm, I'm getting someone who's really, let's say, behind the curve in terms of athleticism. Mm-hmm. So now. This is the bird too. That, that was the bird. He's okay. mimicking you laughing. That's what that was. Wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's kind of how I had my hands tied um, with all that because 
I couldn't complain because the, the owner wanted to make money. And if you complain, you rock the boat, they leave, and now you're out. And But then I had the other hand tied because now I have this kid who's, let's say, a, uh, a green belt, which is like middle, middle ranking, okay. who doesn't know anything, who sucks, um, lethargic, lazy, and now I have to play catch up. And when you have to play catch up, you lose in that context, at least. Um, so that's kind of really how I had my hands tied. And it was really aggravating because I was really passionate about this stuff. Um, anything I do, I really want to do it the right way. I don't want to half ass anything. Um, and it, it really ruined that, that really ruined it for me. Um, I really got it, it killed it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't always that way. No, it was not. It was not always that way. And that, and I'm glad that I'm glad you brought that up. That, that was what was really heartbreaking. I watched it go from the way it was all the way to its demise in, in a, uh, in a rel- in a, in like a 10 year span. I watched the place that made me capable where I met all these great people. I changed who I was. It helped me with so many other aspects of my life. It was a vessel for, um, for understanding about myself. And I watched it implode Mm -hmm. and it could have been prevented. It could have been stopped. And the, the powers that were there, the people at be the powers that be, I mean, rather, um, just didn't care. And I, and I, and I watched it, uh, and I, and I, and I watched it. It was really heartbreaking for me, but, um, I, I think what's nice about this though, oh, yeah, what there he is. What? Who, who? There's the food. Oh, there's the food. Okay. Hold on. Let me wait. I don't even know what my, my, my thing is. Hold on. Oh, I got my wallet right here. No, okay. This might go. And it is. I'm so excited. Is he at the door? He's at the door. I got my wallet. I got dough. Huh? You got your dough? Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break and eat our eat our food. Don't tell me what we're eating. Okay. <laughs> I just it out that way. I hope that, I hope that was recorded. Oh, man. It probably wasn't. That was delicious. Yeah. I feel great. Although I really am. I'm still starving. I know. I'm still starving too. That Well, well the workout today was pretty pretty taxing yeah. so we probably could not that i did any of it yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think i got when we started 60 yeah i got to 30 i didn't even finish it i was trashed yeah no you were yeah i mean this is your what sixth day in fifth i think didn't you work out on sunday oh no you worked out on saturday yeah what was sunday i didn't go away this past weekend right no i didn't come in on sunday so yeah, that's that, my, yeah. my fifth day I'm just you did no i didn't come in sunday okay um but yeah, I'm pretty dead. This week was hard. No, it was, yeah. Um, stuff. But yeah, that that was a delicious meal, but I wish we had more. Yeah. I'm still fucking starving. Well, you did say you wanted to cook for me. I know. Well, I do. I do, yeah, because... Oh, my God. <laughs> Chloe, Chloe does also. Well, um, who the fuck cares about that bitch? But we don't have time for that. We, we don't. We don't have time for them, no. But um, going back to what we were saying before, um, I think what allowed me to kind of get out of that mindset of I'm just not going to train kids. Uh, screw this. It's a waste of my time and not really a waste of my time. But I just didn't want the aggravation because yeah. to me, I thought it was, I guess, impossible to do it the right way. Quote unquote. Um, you had it like kind of tainted for you. Yeah. 
Yeah, and um, I think I came to a realization because I was like, wait, well, wait a minute. All of the parents that want to bring their kids, the majority um, of them come to the gym already. Or, or they have come to the gym in the past and they already know me. So that's a plus right there. The second thing is a lot of these parents have played sports. A lot of have played at the college level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or they have some type of fitness background, an extensive one, not just like, oh, you know, I do, you know, I work out once a week or so. So that's, that's another thing. And the third thing is the, I would say the, the, the towns um, in which these parents are coming from there's or there's a culture embedded within the towns that's very driven towards athletics. Okay. Um, and I, I th- so that kind of gave me um, a very good reason to kind of start this up um, again. Um, and the parents uh, kind of get it. The parents that that not just kind of get it. They definitely get it. One hundred percent. You yes, know, I do. don't. You know, I don't have to worry about parents coming into the studio um, with grievances that are that are misplaced. Um, I don't have to worry about um, these these stupid little um, like like I'm gonna like the like the sticker complex like you get a sticker for every little fucking thing that you do. Meanwhile you should be doing these things anyway. Like, 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 like yeah exactly yeah exactly <laughs> whoops whoops yeah whatever. So yeah like like I'm sorry, like, I shouldn't be required to give you a high five because you came in on time. I shouldn't be giving you a high five because you put your uniform on the right way. Like, fucking ridiculous. That stuff that you should already, uh, you should have already learned from day one. And I know when I started, like, hey, the first thing you learned before going, before even learning the thing, in this case, in this context, the karate, um, and, and again, I think this is a cultural thing. I really do. Um, you have to learn etiquette first. So like the first thing you learn, Hey, you have to learn how to put your uniform on the right way, how to tie your belt, how to bow, how to speak to the teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, we were even, I mean, at that point we were, we were counting in, 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 uh, in, in Japanese, I mean, I'm, I'm going to require the athletes to do that, obviously, but um, the little things like that yeah. add up to the to the whole picture. Yeah, and I see you doing that kind of stuff with them now. You having them line up a certain way. Yes, they have to be in the same order every time. Yes, they exactly. Line up like a jackass. You got to do it again. Yes, exactly. The structure is so important. Yeah, like the first day. Well, the first thing I did was I sent out once I realized, like, hey, this is a this is this is now a thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, look, like, um, I'm sending out an email, um, and um, guess what? Like, the parents have to read this. So, because I want them to understand that where I'm coming from, like, I'm not just being um, a coach that's an egomaniac and a dick just because I have this, like, like I have like a power complex mm-hmm. or something like that. Like, for me, the like, like for example, like first thing that the kids learn when they come in i have a talk with them like hey look like this is the deal here this is what the expectation this is the expectation uh that i have for you guys these are the standards 
and that's it. Period. And it's not an athletic standard. It's it's a it's a human being standard, right? So it's like, hey, look, you come in. First thing we're going to do, you're going to learn how to line up. As soon as you come in, that's the first thing we're going to do. You can't line up. You're going to acknowledge, uh, yeah, exactly. Because guess what? If you can't learn how to stand in one spot for like, I don't know, five seconds, then you're going to have a hard time learning how to do the fucking squat. If you can't stand still for more than five fucking seconds. Uh-huh. Sorry. Um, so that's, that's number one. So you're going to learn how to line up. Uh, the second thing, hey, you're going to learn how to acknowledge your coaches when they give you a command. Third thing, you're going, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you're going to learn that everything you do is going to have a consequence on everyone else in the fucking gym. And I think those three things are very, very uh, transferable and they correspond to what happens on the field. Look, guess what? You need to, yeah, because, you know, this is one of the things that I fought. And again, I not only did I teach karate, I was teaching, I was teaching, I was doing lacrosse, soccer, and, you know, getting complaints from fucking parents. Oh, uh, they don't need to line up. That's not important. Well, guess what? When they have to set up for a play, they have to know where their fucking spot is. They doesn't matter if they're tired, not tired, uh, not paying attention, whatever. They have to know where they have to be. And they have to know where they are at all times. Yes, they have to acknowledge me when I say something because when their coach is calling their name or if their teammate is calling out to them and they don't respond and they don't communicate, the, it's gonna fall, they're, they're, the team is going to fall apart. And yes, you do have to realize that every single thing that you do on that field and off the field is going to have either a negative or positive consequence on everyone else. End of story. If you're being a shitbag while you're on the bench and you're being negative, guess what? Whether it's a little bit or a lot, that's going to have an effect on everyone else. Mm-hmm. Being positive, and I hate using that word, but being motivated, rallying the people together, getting the morale up, that is really important. And that camaraderie there, I think, is especially when a lot of these these kids are on the same team with each other the camaraderie is so important because the camaraderie allows them to push towards the goal whatever that may be mm-hmm. getting the play done getting uh, getting the defense together getting the offense together winning the game, whatever and whatever it team is. sports for a reason yeah you exactly play on a team yeah and um, the iron team it's stupid yeah but exactly it's true. It, it, it really yeah it really is yeah um but, you know, the, the thing with the athlete is, um, I think the most important thing is longevity. Um, so you mean like being able to play the sport for a long time? Yeah, because once you get injured, it's over. And I think that's why most mm-hmm. careers end. It's because of an injury. Um, so the longevity thing is really important. And I think, um, I think most programming for athletes needs to get needs to get away from this beat down mentality. Mm-hmm. I remember you telling me a story the other day about a, a coach somewhere that was like having his his uh, 
I can't even think. His athletes on, on the team that he was coaching do like PRs on like yeah. and back squats before a game. Right before, yeah, a couple, yeah, the day of the game. Sometimes the day after the game, um, depending on the week. But yeah, look, you know, I mean, that's great. Like, actually, those athletes were in today. Um, and, you know, and this is the, and this is why communication is so important. And this is why they, they, this is why you have to have the athlete understand what the relationship, it has to be open at all times. It's an open door. Mm. You come and you come and go as you please in terms of the communication. Tell me what's going on, whether it's personal or not. Um, so, Hey, they came up to me today. Go, Hey, Stel, listen, we have uh, two scrimmages tomorrow. Oh, thank you for telling me that. <clears throat> Guess what guys we're lifting today. You guys are not going to lift or you're not going to lift this heavy mm-hmm. rather. Um, guess what? Your RPE, um, you're not going for an eight or seven today. You're going for like a three or a four, maybe a five. Dial it back. That type of thing is not um, being, I think, utilized enough for um, a lot of the athletes because you know they're just they're just focusing primarily on oh, yeah, I got to squat as heavy as possible. I got to deadlift as heavy as possible. I'm not, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't. But there's a dosage issue there. Now, do you feel like that's from an experience or the, you know, changing landscape of what we, you know, understand about physical fitness? Or do you think it's just like ignorance on the coach's part? I think it's all three. I think it's all three. And um, I think it's also like, I think a lot of it is... I think there's this notion that because they're young, they're indestructible Um, because the athlete, and again, I'm speaking about athletes, a lot of times athletes will not want to seem vulnerable. They will do anything at all costs to make themselves not look vulnerable all week because what's going to happen if they do that? They're not going to get playing time. Mm -hmm. It's just like any other job, right? So you have to have that kind of in the back of your head and say to yourself, all right, look, you know, even with the, the athletes I have um, at the college level, it's like, look, these guys think they're indestructible. And rightfully so. I know how I was in my early 20s. I thought I was indestructible. Oh, yeah, I can go out and party all night and then go to practice the morning of the next morning, eat like shit, work out all day blah, 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 not recover, not stretch, not warm up. It's very easy to fall into that trap because you don't feel the side effects uh, immediately. What you don't realize is that a lot of the side effects are dormant and then they come out of nowhere in your mid-20s and then you're fucked for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, That's how you get ACL tears, <clears throat> rotator cuff tears, herniated discs in the back, concu- what, concussions, whatever. So a lot of these kids, I'm like, I tell them, like, look, like at the end of the class, I'm like, hey, and and even for the young guys, it's like, look, like you guys, did you work out hard today? Yeah, I'm dying. Oh my God, I'm exhausted. I'm like, good. Don't do that tomorrow. Do something lighter tomorrow. No, I could do it tomorrow. I know you think you can right now, but trust me when you go tomorrow, it's not going to be, you're not going to be feeling the same. Mm-hmm. And this, this, this recovery thing, um, 
is not being utilized. And I think it's also not being utilized because a lot of these programs that, that a lot of these coaches prescribe, a lot of it's cut and paste. And I know it's cut and paste because I'll have kids from three different universities in the off season have a strength conditioning program and it's all the same. Mm-hmm. And I know that had, listen, there's going to be some exercises in there that are consistent, like deadlift and squat and all that, but the, it's literally every day is exactly the same with maybe minute differences. And for different sports too? Yeah. So like, I don't see why a swimmer and the lineman for a football player and then a pitcher for baseball, and then a golfer, and then a track athlete, all should have the same strength and conditioning workout mm-hmm. in the offseason. But what do you know? But what do I know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and again, I think people will say, don't make the relationship with, I guess, the athlete too per- uh, like like personal. And I understand that to a, to a point, but... No, personal like how? I, I think where they're like, Kind of saying, oh, like, don't ask about their day. Don't, uh, like, don't ask about their day. Don't ask how they feel. Keep that separate completely. And uh, I feel like those are kind of important. Yeah, especially because everyone's journey is going to be personal, which means you won't understand where that journey is going until you understand the the, the person themselves. Mm-hmm. Because the journey itself is personal, personal by definition. The way you're going to get somewhere, the way I'm going to get somewhere is going to be completely different because we're going to have a different personal experience with every hurdle that we encounter along the way. Mm -hmm. What may be a hurdle for me may not be a hurdle for you. And how am I going to fucking understand that if I don't tap into this person's psychology and I'm understanding what makes them tick, what makes them implode, what motivates them? Yeah, that stuff's important. Yeah, it's really important. Even with people that aren't athletes. Right. I train a lot of people. I don't think anybody I train is an athlete. But, you know, of course, I mean, it is personal training. (laughs) We're personals in the term, in the job title. But, you know, you have to know what's going on in somebody's head in order to be able to to train them. Yeah. You know, if you don't know what's going on upstairs, how are you supposed to be able to do your job? Yeah. And then, I mean, Dave, like how do you, I guess with the kids that were athletes, did you feel like you were dealing with different personal and psychological um, issues than someone who wasn't an athlete? I mean, I know they were kids too, but some of them were like, older they were like 14 15 yeah they, they weren't like t- you know? most of them were were 14 and 15 and did you have i'm trying to think did you have people also that were 14 and 15 that were not athletes or no no not at the time not, not those the were time. the only kids i ever yeah. trained because at the time you were very very reluctant yeah to have kids in the gym right um so no i didn't train any other kids uh since then i mean i have trained some kids like that were not athletes yeah, that's a, yeah. So I mean, did you see a difference mentally, well, psychologically, rather? Um, like, do you feel? In, in other words, mm-hmm. let me let me rephrase the question. Do you feel like it was almost um, counterproductive that they were an athlete because they already had their mindset? Like, they almost they couldn't be molded in a good in in, in a way to help them better understand what what's going on with them with themselves in relation to the sport. Or I would say. For me, no, I would say no. 
you know, as, as I moved on into, you know, as I, I did the job longer and longer, I, again, I haven't trained many kids. Um, but the two kids that I did train that were in their teens, one, they were both like, not like late teens, but they were like 16, 17. One of them was not an athlete. And I mean, she didn't train very long, probably about 25 minutes until she threw up on the floor of the studio. Okay. And then her mom called her an asshole. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, you're such an asshole. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, Perfect. I mean, she was, so I, I really didn't have a lot of experience uh, training her, but, uh, you know, I did train an, uh, an athlete, I think he was 16 or 17. Uh, and he was very, very open to everything that I, that I had told him. Um, and those two other kids, I mean, they were just, they were just dicks. So I don't think, I don't even know if I have enough experience to yeah. be able to tell you. About okay. It. That's fair. I mean, do you think that, I mean, well, here's the other funny thing. The kids are petrified of you. Yeah, they are. Which oh, is resting which, shit face, right? Yeah, and this is this is you without the dreads. Um, but you do have rest. Yes, we you know you have resting shit face, but you don't have the dreads anymore. I can only imagine what happened if I mean what would be really funny is to have you with the dreads and then Steve come in with the bald head and the really and the thick beard. ginormous beard. I mean that would be hysterical. Yeah, and then I think that if the kids saw that we were boys, they would be. Yeah, a little bit, even more scary. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, and I think this is the other funny thing. It's like, what causes the kids to be afraid of one type of coach and not be afraid of another type? Right. Well, like, what do you think that is? Well, we did ask some kids this week what was scary about me. Oh, fucking. And what was not scary. Why did I, why did I do, yes. Okay, so, go ahead. So they, they said, uh, what's intimidating about Dave? This is what happens what when you go sleep. What they say. What they say when you ask them, and you didn't put this in their head, did you? No. Okay. So what did, what did they say when you ask them what's so intimidating about about Coach Dave? What they say? Because it sounds awfully familiar. They, I'm pretty well, sure everybody at the they, studio they, was like, "Ugh." They said that. Um, I think they said you don't smile a lot, and no, no, they said because. You don't smile a lot, and when you ahead, it's okay. when you what was it? It was about your forehead. It was about my exactly. forehead. Yeah. Do you remember exactly? They what it said was? it was like he's got no wrinkles. He's got no wrinkles in his forehead. Oh, there we go. Right. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. They said because you have no wrinkles in your forehead. Exactly. Yeah. And then you know that didn't sound familiar at all. Yeah. You definitely <laughs> didn't inception that. Into no, that. no, 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 definitely. Um, no, of course not. I mean, they, you know, the smart kids. Yeah. They and then I asked them, well, why are you, why is Coach Stelios not intimidating? And the kid, one of the kids was like, well, he's a little short. <laughs> and that was it. And that was it, yeah. And now, but I don't know what it is because I walked, I walked into the, 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 the newer class that you have. Yes. Was it uh, Thursday? Thursday. I walked in and, and those kids were like really like in line and in order. Yes. For a lot of them. Was it their first time for a lot of them? That was their second time. Okay. And I walked in and like I looked around and I was like, hey, still petrified. Yeah, still don't petrified. Know, don't know why. Yeah. Still absolutely petrified. And I don't think it's the tats because you had your hoodie on. I had my hoodie on, yeah. Yeah, th not that that should be a thing that you're that people should be afraid yeah. of. But, but, I mean, it's, you know, it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's like the Burt family scowl. Yeah, maybe. Uh Resting bird face. Resting, yeah, resting bird face. <laughs> resting bird face. Yeah, I mean, we all, you know, we all have the scowl. Yes. Um, I don't know, or maybe it's just like something we put out. I mean, I don't think I'm a, a 
intimidating or scary person. No. And but I hear that often. I know. And then people look at me like I'm the doofy motherfucker. I mean, that one guy thought I was the janitor yeah. when he walked in. Well, yeah. I mean, well, and, and <laughs> the funny part about it is, is you're the one that'll rip their trachea out. Exactly. And I'm the one that will be like, Stell, rip this guy's trachea out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, yeah. And, and it's funny how, but you know what's funny? It's funny how the kids pick up on that. So if the kids are picking up on it, and they're taking it at face value. Imagine how the adults pick up on it. So then it's like, all right. So then this made me think. It's like, well, what am I doing behavioral-wise that's making the, the these athletes and these kids respond to that? And I wonder if they – like, I wonder if they feel that way about their, their coaches because – I don't want them to be afraid of me because then if they're afraid of me, then the communication is lost and then you're fucked. Yeah. So, you know, it's, there, there should be a respect thing there, but you know, I'm a firm believer and a lot of people don't want to, you know, admit to this, but I am a firm believer that, um, discipline and fear are like, no, no, sorry. Shame and fear are the pillars of discipline. And I'm talking about fear in the sense not that I'm afraid of someone, but I'm afraid of the consequences of my actions and how they're going to affect, um, you know, how they're going to affect that person, whether it's themselves or uh, someone else on the team or the and rather the, the shame, I think, is important because. And, and, and this is a really gray area and it's, it's really tricky, but the, the, the shame thing I think is important. It's like, look, like not to say, not to say that you're a piece of garbage or you're, you're completely useless, but to understand that there, that there is a, that there is a opportunity to improve and that there's a potential there and where I am right now is not even close to that. And I do think there needs to be a little bit of shame there. Because look, the shame, if you're ashamed, you're unhappy, right? So I think those things need, I think both of those things need to be there because if I acknowledge that I need to improve because there is a little bit of shame there on, on, on myself, and then I also acknowledge that, wow, like I'm afraid that if I'm not capable right now, right? That it's going to, I'm going to let these other people down. I'm afraid to do that. I'm ashamed of doing that. Mm -hmm. Then the discipline will be there, right? Because they're going to want it. They're going <laughs> to, because they're going to see, oh, I need to be attentive. I need to pay attention to everything that's around me and how, and how I experience it. Uh -huh. Yeah. That's why you do like, even with like adults, not, not even athletes. Cause again, yeah. like, I'm not an athlete. When you do uh shut up, <laughs> you know, when you, when you do any kind of, you said it, I do mean, any kind of, any kind of partner work, you know? Well, no, you, you listen, you're a marathoner. I know, but you're not, you, understand, you, you're not understanding what I'm saying. You know, there's, what there's, do you mean athlete? Like, like <laughs> if you, you say to me, all right, Dave, take this basketball and I'm going to give you 20 chances to get it in that hoop. <laughs> I bet you now that I will probably get one. Well, you have to learn how to do it overhand. You would probably do it underhand. Right, like, like you know what I'm talking about. Um, no, I would do it overhand, but it would it'd be pretty bad. It'd be pretty bad. Yeah, it's the same if, with uh, hitting a hitting a ball with a bat. Not gonna happen. If oh yeah, I mean, if you could pick one sport, like let's say you had an you had the time to pursue one sport. Okay, which what, what would it be? Any sport, 
Um, yes. Or do you want to? Uh, you want to leave out things like bowling and no. golf and tennis and or, or tennis? Okay, D- tennis is okay. Tennis, uh, tennis is okay. Bowling, mm-hmm. bowling is a sport. Now, what if it, I decided that I just wanted to learn how to play the flute? <laughs> That's not a sport, you idiot. That's why. Um, okay, like I mean, that's up to you. I mean, nothing, you know. Like the major. major I mean, sports. I know you're good at the triangle and the cowbell, but you know, probably it would probably be either tennis or football. Tennis or football? Yeah. You got to you got to pick one. I have to pick one. Yeah, one. I would say probably football. Why now? Now why football? I really. I admire the athleticism of football players. I'm, I'm surprised by that answer. I thought you were going to pick something different. Like I don't, I don't. When I wa- like, I don't regularly watch football. I don't yeah. really like to watch it. Um, I thought you picked badminton or something. I, I mean, that's close to tennis, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, no, you know what it is like when 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 I'm watching football. If I if I have to watch it like with somebody or I'm out whatever at a sports bar wanting to kill myself. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't care about who wins, but I, you know, I respect and appreciate the athleticism now, of football players okay. and like the, like the plays. I don't care about who wins, but okay. the plays, like okay. I, I find them fascinating the way they set up on the field yeah. and, and you know, yeah, it's, it's like one it's, unit. It's like war. Yeah, basically. That's really what sport is. I think sport is just organized war um, to an extent because um, I mean, the goal is domination Yeah, and, dis- and you know. Not just domination, but um, yeah, domination of, of another team. I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of what too many not not completely, but to a point, that's kind of what one of the objectives of war is: is yeah. to dominate the other side, mm-hmm. right? And you need you need the 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 competitive nature is like if you're competing like for something, even if it's just like a like a just like a regular game. There's nothing going on. Like I'm trying to think. I don't. I'm, it's bad that I'm thinking of like blitzball. Yeah, was it exhibitions? Yeah. Right. Like you need that competitive edge to really take yes. out the best, the best you could do, you know, cause I, and, you know, yes. I used to be involved with things that were like, like in tournaments and yes. if I did it casually, it was fun, but it wasn't as fun as the competitive nature of and, the tournament. And I say this all the time to athletes. I'm like, look, I know you guys are tired and I know that we're at the end of the class. I know I'm making you do things when you're tired, but athletes perform the best usually when they're fatigued that's when all those crazy plays happen that's when all these miraculous record-breaking things happen and mm-hmm. all when they're fatigued because that's what the i really think that's what the athlete is able to do i think that's what makes an athlete that they're able to tap into something that allows them to break through the barrier of Fatigue, exhaustion, etc. Mm-hmm. That's the pressure sometimes. It, ab- absolutely, I like mean the end game yeah. pressure, hundred um, percent. Now, I'm int- I'm I'm really surprised you picked football. So, like, did you really think I was going to pick badminton? No, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm surprised you even knew what the sports what the sports were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> given yeah, uh, given my given, given my. I want to say my track record. Yeah, I know. Reference to the mile run. Exactly. What was your mile run again? I think my mile run was about 16. No way. 16 and change. 1640. No that's 1650. too fast. Get the fuck out of here. That's not fast at all. I know that's too fast for you. It, it wasn't. No, because you're a fat probably, ass, but no way. Okay. With the jeans and. No, no you weren't allowed to do it in jeans. You know, listen, at least I didn't break my toe every time. I, I know. 
you know, what's crazy about that mile run is I ran, like, I didn't, I still don't run really very much. And I ran a mile as an adult when we were getting ready for the Spartan races right. and stuff. And that was like around when I was working at the, working out at the dojo with you. And I ran a mile, like never running ever. And my time was like seven minutes. Right. And I was like, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, wow, I was a fat so, slob. You, you run, so it was, how long is it? 18 minutes? 16 It was like 16 or 16 to 17 minutes. And what was the standard? Oh, oh yeah. It was like 12, 12 and a half. 12 and a half. Yeah, it was really bad. Oh, wow. You really overachieved over there. <laughs> hey, you listen, overreached. You can't, you can't fail more. You fail, you fail. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't how much you better yeah. button over there. Exactly. You don't have anything good. <laughs> yeah, yes, I do. Okay, um, not as good as that mile time, but I have something good. Um, Wait, no, wait, no, I'm sorry. So before you get into what you're about to get into, are you, are you moving moving on to something else? I'm moving on to something else. Okay, because you did ask me, you were going to ask me why I picked football. No, I, that's how I'm going. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So my so if you had to pick a position to play in football, mm-hmm. which one would it be? I don't think I know positions in football. Well, you have the quarterback. He throws the ball. No. Then you have the guys on the bench. No. And then you have you have the offensive line. So there's like a wide receiver who catches. Then you have the shut up. Then you have the running. Then you have the running back. Uh, then you have like defense. Mm-hmm. Then you have the punter who kicks the ball. Probably the I would say the the running back. I guess I don't know. I mean I don't know. What do they do? They they like you know they run with the like if the quarterback like. Quarterback gives you the ball. And then you just bounce. And you run with it. Yeah, that'll probably be that. Okay, now, there's a reason why I'm asking this. So, like, why would you – why that position specifically? Why not a wide receiver? Why not a defensive – you know, why not a – I feel like – well, if I was a defensive lineman, I'd probably be dead. Okay. Okay. Uh, That's fair. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's a lot of, I guess – I feel like the that position needs a lot of stamina. Okay. Which I, Go ahead. I, which I I feel like that's like one of my stronger mm-hmm. stats in right. physical fitness. Yeah, and I'm and a moron right now. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. I mean, we're talking about a subject oh, that Oh, uh, thank God it's okay. Yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> but um the reason why I bring this up is cuz this is another thing I talked to the the, the youth athletes uh, about. It's like, "Hey, look like what position do you play?" Oh, I play this one. Well, why? Well, that's what my dad played. Okay. Why else are you playing it? Well, it's cool. And then there's all these other things. And it's like, you know, they're identifying with the position just because. Maybe they have a favorite football player that they identify with and they want to be like them. Well, sorry, little Joey. Um, You're not Samoan. You're... Greek or Italian or you're you or European rather you know I won't pick a specific one but you're European or maybe you're from a different part of the world that doesn't have that size that natural size maybe you don't come from a family where you're genetically uh, predisposed to to you know look to, to to put on that type of muscle and and size for that position yeah just because your 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 parents do something doesn't yeah. mean that that you're gonna be able to do it. You know, like I, yeah. I remember I hit my, my 300 pound deadlift, which was like a humongous milestone for me. I was talking to my dad about it. And then he looked at me like, wait, what? I mean, yeah. and he weighs more than me and he's taller yeah. than me. And his, he just says his max deadlift was a hundred pounds, hundred fucking pounds. Right. You know? So, yeah. So like what you said to me, I think is what 
needs to be discussed with these athletes. It's like, look, if you know you have this skill set in your in your toolbox, but you're trying to use the other, you're trying to do something else, like you're wasting your time almost. Not that not that you should tell these kids to never like pursue it, but just to keep in the back of their head, like, look, like, why am I pursuing this specific position? Because identifying with it is not enough. I I, I don't think. Um, I think the more productive thing is, hey, look, I think I I appreciate this the development of the skill. I appreciate the skill in general, whether that's explosiveness um, power, whatever it may be. And they be, they become fascinated and interested in it as opposed to the parents just pushing them along because that's what they think they should do. And, you know, you're starting to see now there's, there's some quarterbacks in the NFL now who were running backs at one, uh, they were like, yeah, they were, I mean, they were maybe, they weren't quarterbacks to start with, you know? And now they're, they, they kind of switched over because they didn't limit themselves by identifying as the position just because it's on a pedestal or whatever, you know? Um, and I, and I think that's important to, cause they, they're young, they have time, you know, um, when, when you're at the college level and you've been a defensive person, you've been on the defense your whole life. I, I don't think that's a good time to switch up to be a, to be a quarterback. Yeah. You know, is it, when you're a kid, Say you have a natural talent for a particular position, yeah. but you're like, you know, you know, I mean, a kid might not not even know that they have that yes. strength in that particular position. But Which is why as the coach, you need to help them understand that because yeah. they may not know that. Yeah. And, and when you're a kid, it's like, okay, well, maybe I have a strength to play in this position, but I really want to play and play this other position. And, you know, they do it and maybe they, maybe they pick it up like crazy. They pick it up fast and they get really, really good at it, you know? Um, but playing to the, your strengths is, is super important. Yeah, exactly. And I think they have to identify what the strengths are so they know what their weaknesses are. Because if I don't know what my strengths are, then I won't know what my weaknesses are and I'll never correct and fix them and make those my strengths. And I think that's why the, that conversation is so fucking important and it doesn't happen. All right, little Joey, you're going to be on the defense. Why? Well, all the other positions are taken. And you're going to go there. <laughs> or you're a big kid. Well, he's a big kid now. What's going to happen? Maybe he just... Maybe he's just big for his age. Yeah. Maybe he's just big for his age. Maybe that's not the sport for him. That, you know, that's, that's another thing. Um, you know, that's why I tell you that's like, like, don't just play one sport, play other sports so you can learn, not just learn from those other sports. You can apply it to the sport you're doing now, but also maybe you'll like that sport a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's something about it that clicks. Sometimes you can't help it. It just clicks. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think this stuff gets, gets, Discussed enough. I, I, I really don't. You know, and... Now, if you could play a sport and get good at a sport, because I know you have just about as much athletic ability when it comes to, to team sports as I do, I think, which is, I assume, none. Well, no, I mean, I played, <laughs> I played basketball. I played lacrosse on a team. Um, 
I mean, I wasn't any good. I was like, okay, well, I was on a bowling team and I was horrible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I wasn't any good. I mean, I was okay. Now, if you could get good at one sport, what would it be? Um, uh, basketball. Basketball, why? Because I started basketball when I was four. I loved it. I fell in love with it immediately. Um, I like the skill development behind it. There's all little... Not that the other sports don't have skill. I like how it's non-stop. Um, there's a lot of opportunity to switch the game, right? Um, to, to switch from winning to losing most, most of the time. I like the strategy behind it. I like... I feel like it's a little more personal, if that makes sense. I, 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 and I might, I might be wrong in saying that, but I think like you can't play football one-on-one. You can't really play baseball one-on-one. Basketball, you can play one-on-one. You don't need the team, mm-hmm. right? Um, like you need a team in order to play those sports. Otherwise, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work, right? So well, the cool thing about basketball for me was like, hey – I can, all I need is another person and I can kind of play it, right? And, you know, you just, like, if you don't have a hoop, you could still practice somehow. And yeah. you, could, you could do that with other things too, but there's a lot more I feel like you could kind of do with the, with the, just the basketball by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like basketball is also a sport where, not that you don't in the other sports, but I feel like basketball, you need to be very in tune with your teammates. Yes. Yes, um, absolutely. I would say probably hockey is probably like that too. Yeah, hockey I would say is like that too. I mean, yeah, and uh, yeah, I just really like the craft behind it. Yeah, and and I would position wise, uh, point guard. Hell yeah, that's the coolest position. Yeah, point guard, hundred uh, percent, uh, with, with without a doubt. And you know, I grew up with Michael. You know, Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls and that awesome team they had. Like, I grew up watching that era. And that was like a huge influence. Um, I love, I think watching the intensity that that team specifically, the Chicago Bulls who won, I think it was six titles in a row. Watching how that team worked with each other, the intensity that they brought was so amazing to me. I really, really, I was like, wow, this is like insane. Um, I, I, yeah, I, that really enjoyed that. Um, a lot and you know i think the most important thing just kind of wrap this up i think the most important thing with sports training uh, and athletes is and i told them look you have to ask yourself two really important questions what do i suck at as of now and why am i doing whatever i'm doing why am i doing this why am i doing this type of training why am i doing heavy back squats why am i running sprints why am i doing the rowing machine why am I doing mobility training? If it's not helping the sport, then don't do it. Like, sorry, um, you sitting down and, you know, doing the leg press every day, followed by a light jog on the treadmill. Oh, yeah, that's straight. To, you know. Oh, yeah, you're making your legs stronger. Yeah, you're building up your endurance a, a little bit. But how transferable is that going to be to, let's say, swimming? 
Think, right? Yeah. You want to get good at swimming? Guess what you're going to have to do, motherfucker? You got to swim a lot. And you have to build up those specific muscles that allow you to swim more efficiently. Have someone videotape you doing it. Figure out why your form is incorrect. Same thing with the football. I don't see why the quarterback needs to do the same strength training protocol that the fucking defensive line does. It doesn't make sense to me. They're doing two completely different tasks. Mm -hmm. One person is stopping the other person from coming through them, and then the other guy is throwing the ball. Two completely different skill sets that need to be developed in different ways. So I think anything that you're doing, you have to constantly ask yourself, how can I make this transferable onto the field? Mm -hmm. And how well can I prepare myself before the game starts? Right? You know, that, that's, that's another thing. What's my warm-up going to be like? What's my food and my nutrition going to be like, not just the day before, but the day of and during the game? What's my hydration going to be? I know. She's that bird, man. I know. How, how long is the bird going to keep me up at night before the game? Because she's screaming like a fucking lunatic, right? Uh, how, how's my hydration going to be? Um, who do I who do I find when they come to the game gives me more, more motivation? Is it my dad? Is it my mom? Is it a friend? You know, little things like that could really shift the way you play and experience the game that you're involved with. Um, and I think that's really, uh, I think that's really important. Um, and and I think the environment too. It's like, hey, I have to make this a really high pressure environment for these kids. Nothing abusive, obviously. But look, everything that we do is on a timer because guess what? Every sport that they play is going to be on a fucking timer. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a lot of pressure, and it's going to be uh, pass or fail. Is there a timer in baseball? Um, you know what? No. I mean, there's innings, but baseball is a little different. But no, there's no timer oh, in okay. baseball, so I stand corrected. There's no timer in baseball. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Yeah. But, um, but um, man, Chloe wants, really wants to get yeah. out of this conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, it's like, look, like, I have to replicate the circumstances – and the situations that they're going to experience within the sport. It doesn't help them to perform the skills that they need for the, for the game that they're playing in low-pressure environments. Because they're not going to be doing it in low-pressure environments. Yeah. They're going to be doing it under high-pressure, um, high pressure, um, unpredictable circumstances. Um, and they need to be prepared for that. They need to constantly place themselves in there. So when they get there on game day, that is the norm. They're yeah. used to that because they've been there before and worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and when it comes to, you know, I mean, any sport, but team sports, it's there's so many, so many unpredictable things that could happen at any time. Yeah. And that's where a lot of the injury comes from. Um, and that's why strength and conditioning is really a lot safer than a lot of these sports because you have complete control over what's going on. I don't know what this lunatic's going to do who's playing defense on me. Mm -hmm. This might be a guy who has fucking anger issues, for all I know. Yeah. And he could be pissed. <laughs> and he could be pissed, right? Um, you know, maybe he did, you know, maybe his dad is a dick. And he pissed him off in the car ride on the mm -hmm. way home. And now he's going to take it out on me because I'm smaller than him. Whatever. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so that's why with the strength and conditioning, because we're able to control so many different things that's why we need to 
I don't want to say overthink, but we need to spend a great deal of time thinking about all of the different variables because we can control them. You can't control them in the sport. The only thing you can control is how you is how you react to the situations. And that's why training is really like training is preparation. You're preparing for the thing, the event. War. You're preparing for war. Exactly. And uh, yeah, man, that's kind of uh, that's kind of all I got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless you wanted to say anything else. I don't I don't think so, no. 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 What sport did you think I was gonna pick? Badminton. You actually thought I was gonna pick badminton. Yeah. Why? You look like a badminton type of guy. Why? Um I just feel like I don't know. I feel I f- correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember Probably playing not. it in gym. Okay. And I remember your face lighting up like a fucking Christmas tree. I had gym with you. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> cool, man. <laughs> cool. Goodbye. Bye.